The NFL is finally back. We can't wait to actually get to our stone cold lead pipe locks of the week. We got a little bit of other things in the sports world to talk about, and we got special guest Mike Heath joining the show. This is the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. Stay tuned. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. This is Chad the Mark with Mr. Brown. Canadian Biggie. That was uh, enthusiastic as always, but we're glad to be back here bringing to you some actual conversation about sports and hopefully giving you a little bit of an escape. You know, what sports was designed to do before 2020 happened. So we're going to get to our NFL Stone Cold Lead Pipe Locks here later in the show, which it's been a long time. I cannot wait to dethrone Canadian Biggie. Good luck with that. Bring it all year. We make a side bet now. We can do whatever you want. Bring it. Don't talk that crap until you're with me halfway through the season. Just stop. Uh, what do you want to bet? We could do 100 bucks, or we could go a little more personal if you want to. You took a long time to even respond to that. It's like you almost expected me not to challenge you with the bet, and the fact now I have the cojones to do so, you're getting a little wishy-washy, so I'm going to give you a chance to back out. But if you're ready to put your money where your mouth is, I'll make you eat crow all day long. Whatever you're willing to lose, I'll agree to. <laughs> How about this? Since you always want to do these crazy fantasy football, um, thanks for the loser. Okay. You all decide on what it's going to be, and then the loser has we to We can do decide it. it off air. It doesn't have to be money. If you want to do 100 bucks, I'll agree to that on air right now. We could also do something weird. You lose, it. you shave all your body hair. Yeah, do, don't do money. Yeah. Don't do money. All right, all right, let's let's get the we don't know sports nation involved. We will um, we'll, we'll, when we post our our first week picks, we'll ask people what the loser punishment can be. And Run down the street one. and a right. uh, jock strap in the middle of January. I mean, we'll, we'll see we'll see what it is. You know, I mean, there I, I'm not gonna lie, there might be certain things that I think are off limits for the sake of humanity, but we'll see how it goes. Nothing Odell Beckham related. I'd prefer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got a. We'll come up with some ground rules. We're not uh, 1998 and jackass here, MTV. All right, that, that works. Uh, the first thing I wanted to ask about NFL picks is the over-under for the Texans. Will they score more than the Atlanta Braves did last night? No. That was specifically for you, Mr. Brown. Do you not have any comment on that? You said, will the Texans score more than the Braves? Yeah, I'm curious, will they? Uh, I think it's going to be – well, I don't want to give my score yet, but no, I don't think they will. Okay, I just want to know if you think they would score, you know what, 23? Is that what it was? 29. Yeah, 29, man. 29, my bad. I It was so many, I lost count. Modern record or modern day record for National League, 29 runs, only short uh, the 30 to 3 game with the Rangers. Well, I had Adam Duvall on my fantasy team, so it paid dividends for me. So switching to NBA real quick, let's just go there because the only I know a lot of people aren't watching NBA, but there was some Pretty big news that happened in the Eastern Conference. The best record, Milwaukee Bucks, the likely MVP, they're they're gone. They exited the bubble. What what happened? Well, my boy Giannis, who I had winning the MVP and leading the Bucks to the finals, just plain didn't show up. There was a couple times in the series where if you want to be one of these superstars in the league and you're the defensive player of the year, you can't not switch on to the best player on the other team or turn down that assignment. I was a little uh, disappointed at his overall play in the series. I'm pretty sure that I saw a rumor that Steph Curry uh, FaceTimed him and said, listen, when you get down in the series, play hurt or pretend like you're hurt. And then that's what happened. Because after that, he was limping around all over the place. It's a done deal, right? It wouldn't make sense yeah. since it was an ankle injury. Save face now and just pretend like you're hurt. <laughs> Don't the Warriors have the, what, number two pick? Yes. So so I, I think Although, I think the dynasty is about to get restarted. Is that what's happening? Yeah, and we've heard a lot of that over the year, him to Golden State. But the two teams I think he's more likely to go to if he moves from Milwaukee would be the Miami Heat, who are the odds-on favorite. And the Dallas Mavericks. I like them both because they're both teams willing to make the move to get him. Plus, those two states have no state income tax. So if you're a multimillionaire, <laughs> you like living there. So is he just blowing smoke when he came out and said, I want to stay in Milwaukee and win it here? Or is he just is that what he has? I don't think that's what he has to say. I mean, why would he say that? I think that's the save face. Hey, wherever we go you from here, I love Milwaukee. 
Uh, not always. Garrett Cole wouldn't even wear the Astros hat at his press conference <laughs> after the World Series. <laughs> no, but but at least that way, you know, you're done. He was a free agent too. That was a little different. This yeah. guy's still under contract. You know, you don't you don't want to ruin that because what if Milwaukee can make him a very very rich man, which they can. You don't want to screw that up. But let me let me switch the conversation to this. Is Giannis not who we thought he was? Is he is he too limited? Is he not the superstar? Like we haven't seen him, you know, really hit that next level yet. I know you can put an asterisk next to this season, but you know he he does not have the complete offensive game to carry a team in crunch time. Who was the player that said he was more of a Scottie Pippen type? Richard Jefferson. And who cares about Richard Jefferson, right? Yeah. But he he made that comparison that he needed to be the, the second option. Well, he said he needs to go find him a Jordan because, you know, that's easy. There's just yeah. a ton of Jordans out there. So, not a lot of Scottie Pippins. You already got that part figured out. Just go find you a Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I heard rumors the Bucks would be looking at Chris Paul. I don't know why they do that. He's past his prime. Giannis, to me, is following the career path LeBron James did as a young player, putting up crazy numbers, being the main guy on a team in the East that's better – the team looks better than they really are because of him. MVPs, but not that over the top yet. We thought this would be the year he'd go to the finals. I do think uh, Giannis is the guy we believe he can be, but it might take a change of scenery before he gets over the top. I, I think he needs to go to Portland and uh, team up with Dame. That'd be a hell of a team. <laughs> Why not? I, how old is Giannis? Uh, 25? 25. So – He's not like the 22, 23-year-old LeBron when you talk about career trajectory. He's a little older, and he still doesn't have an outside shot at all, like nothing at all. Like Extremely they, streaky. They dare him to shoot the ball. Yep. I, I just – I love Giannis, and I'm, I'm right there with you, and I don't want to be the guy just because of one bad series where he got hurt. But let's be honest, before he was hurt, they weren't even doing anything to be competitive. The Heat were just wearing him out. And then the game he gets hurt, they actually win, you know, so – I, that's just a tough one for me. I, I, I'm not off the bandwagon yet, but I, I feel like looking under the microscope, I, I felt like the cracks in the armor are being seen. I will say if he ends up going to Golden State, that Golden State team would be better than when Kevin Durant was there because he fits. He compliments him better. Yeah, he fits an aging Steph and Clay better with how he can handle drive kick, doesn't have the outside shot, uh, better than what Durant did. I mean, they were amazing when he was there, but – for them aging, he would fit better in that spot. All right, so shift gears for a second in the East still. We have uh, Miami absolutely destroyed the Bucks and everyone else they've played so far. And you got the Celtics and the Raptors in an absolute dogfight right. in the East. So, I mean, does Miami – because you before the playoffs started, you would argue that Toronto and Boston probably better than Miami on paper. Yeah, well, coming in. now – Miami's just rolling, so do they continue to roll on, or do you think either one of those teams gives them a shot? I mean, who, who matches up well with them? Well, that's with Miami, if they can continue to shoot the three ball the way they have with uh, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, they're going to be hard to beat regardless of who they match up against. I think the Celtics match up better against them overall, but, you know, then that's kind of laying dirt on the Raptors who are defending world champs and fighting for a game seven after being down 2-0. I'll I'll say this: the Raptors. I'm impressed the hell out of, by the Raptors because you know they don't they lost Kawhi and they have this great team of guys and they all they're scrappy. They all play defense. They're very well coached. Coach of the year. They kind of remind you of the Spurs, Nick Nurse. right? Dude, they're, they're on point. I'm telling you, like the Celtics has like the Kimball Walkers and the Tatum's and all that, but the, the Toronto just don't back down. You know what I've I've liked to see on social media through this series is Kyle Lowry getting kind of the love that he deserves because last year he didn't really get uh, the respect with Kawhi there. And over the years, he's been a playoff pl liability. This year, Pascal Siakam has not really showed up so far. And Lowry has just been huge in this series. And there's a lot of people recognizing that, which is nice because he'll probably go down as the greatest Raptor in their history. So. Fred Van Vliet, baby. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> So let's jump over to the Western Conference just for a second and knock that out. So it's really L.A., L.A., and what else? That's about it. We got a couple games to go before we have an all-L.A. conference finals. Unless uh, Joe Kick and Jamal Murray can go crazy somehow and uh, make a extension out of the series with the Clippers. Nah, the Rockets, I mean, they're. I, I'm watching them. They're done because Westbrook, right? Like Westbrook Dude, seems like a liability. I'm just out there running around. He's trying to be sarcastic, but he, he's dog shit out there. He's out there padding stats, and it's like you don't even care if they get a win. 
I was talking to Mr. Brown last night. I saw two plays in a row where he's crowding the paint trying to get the rebound when his guys are there and he rips it from everybody only so he can run the length of the floor and get blocked on a layup. So then they turn around and they get a fast break on their own. Next time down, same thing. Like I, I know there's point guards out there that are getting rebounds like crazy now. I don't need my point guard to get rebounds. I need them to be the outlet. I don't need them to get it and then run baseline to baseline. That's the dumbest shit in the world. Russ, he kills me because I love his intensity and his hustle and you'd want him on his team. And at the same time, he's so absolutely frustrating. If I were a Rockets fan, I'd want to kick him in the nard sometimes. You can't tell me you'd want him on your team. If like we was playing pickup ball, we we had this same situation with a guard who just put his head down and just go to the basket, and not even look. <laughs> so you don't want that on your team. But you love the hustle. Yeah, when you're not a, a, pl- a minus twenty on the floor. Well, you just don't put the ball in his hands on offense. You make him work on defense. I, I guess hustle counts. It doesn't score points, but you know we can look at him and say at least he's trying real he's hard. He's got heart. He's getting a participation trophy. That's what he'll get. I don't know. It just it's frustrating because he laid off shooting the three ball this year as much as he had in the past, and it hasn't paid off in the playoffs. I don't know if it's coming back off of the injury, but I'd really thought the Rockets had a chance to make a better run this year than in past years, and They're obviously done. I was wrong. Everybody got excited after the one of uh, victory game one, and I I, I think the Lakers probably going to win four to one. That, that was just like uh, the Trailblazers, was it not? It's the exact same thing. Well, when we hear the crackheads pull up, it means it's time to end the segment. So you didn't even well, yeah, you did. Never mind. <laughs> what we even touch on the Clippers? I mean, unless Jamal Murray makes the big comeback. Oh, okay, so gotcha. yeah, but I, I'm getting scared for my life. So I think we need to shut the garage and get the guns. <laughs> bang bang. <laughs> hey, before we begin our interview with Mike Heath former major league catcher and utility play pretty much he played everywhere anyway we're getting ready to have our conversation with him but before we do we wanted to remind you that if you're in the canal valley our home state in the charleston west virginia area if you're looking for any type of painting a little bit of pressure washing some type of little spruce up around the house before maybe you sell your house maybe you're getting ready to buy a house maybe you're just tired of looking at the crap around your house You have Affordable Pressure Wash and Paint. They are an insured painting company serving this Canal Valley all the way since 2008. They strive for 100% customer satisfaction and treat every customer and its family. We know every customer they earn is going to be a blessing for them, and they're going to make sure they go above and beyond to show their customers how much they value them and their business. They offer services for both business and residential, including interior and exterior painting, pressure cleaning, and soft washing. They would love, and we would love, an opportunity for you to give them a chance to be on that long list of satisfied customers they already have. You can call them today for a free estimate. Their phone number is 681-319-5132, or you can find them on the web at affordablepaintingwv.com. Again, phone number 681-319-5132, or find them on the web at affordablepaintwv.com. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us now is another in our many string of former Major League Baseball players. We've had a few, have we not, Mr. Brown? Yeah, mostly pitchers. Mostly pitchers. So we're on the other side of the universe now. We're actually getting a catcher. I mean, I think he played a little bit of everything, though, did he not? Yeah, I think I read every position but pitcher, uh, mainly catcher. But we're, I will say former catcher. Been in the big leagues for over 10 years, won a World Series, Played on a lot of different teams, has an excellent career, and definitely, definitely a couple stories that we want to hear about. But ladies and gentlemen, joining us now is the one, the only, Michael Thomas Heath. I think we can just call you Mike Heath. Does that work? How you doing, sir? That's perfect, man. And the one and only. Thank God there's only one, right? My teammates (laughs) would probably say. (laughs) Don't be so modest. I'm sure you're fine. You're, You're a fine, upstanding catcher, utility, infielder, outfit. I don't know. How many positions did you play? Well, actually, I started at every position in the big leagues except pitch. And the thing about of it was is that, you know, I, I wanted to play the toughest positions on the field, so that's why I, I deleted pitching. <laughs> Just kidding. That's uh, I, I, I all good. I so you, let, let me make sure I understood that right. So he didn't just play every position. You actually started at every position? Yeah, that's that's what I take, uh, you know, I pat myself on the back a little bit is that I actually started uh, uh, every position in the big leagues and and probably the the second most 
uh, position that I was proud of starting at was in center field in Tiger Stadium. I started in center field a game because my best friend, Dwayne Murphy, was uh, our Oakland A's center fielder back in the day. And he's my best friend to be able to start at his position. I thought I found that pretty, uh, pretty rewarding for myself. Right, so outside of cat, cause you, you predominantly were a catcher though, right? Yeah, man. All right. So outside of catcher center field, that, that, is that your number one? That's your favorite. I tell you what my, you know, my favorite is, is catching naturally, but I loved playing the outfield. I love playing the outfield. And I would have to say my other position that I was very fond of was third base. And All right. a lot of people don't realize that I was drafted as a shortstop and they moved me to catcher. <laughs> How does somebody get drafted as a shortstop and get moved to catcher? Well, you know, they always claimed that I was a thick-legged shortstop. So that means I got <laughs> thick-legged. Right? Yeah. And uh, I had a great arm. And so as my time went through the Meyer Leagues, I started getting the nicknames. Somebody in the bleachers started calling me Lipton. And I'm like, what, what is Lipton? I had to ask the guy one day, he says, man, you're a, you're a flow through tea bag, man. So, <laughs> so, hey, Mr. Brown over here, he's got really fat legs. <laughs> yeah. Big leg catcher, big leg. Hey, I'm not even lying. We went to the hall of fame this summer and Mr. Brown's legs are bigger than offensive linemen's. That's fine. I mean, I remember in high school, I remember in high school, I was playing center field. Uh, you'd have the drunks on the train tracks and they would be throwing, throwing rocks, rocks at, at and, you and chanting steroids. I'm like, listen, I just like high socks, man. Leave me alone. You know? Yeah. Right. <laughs> All right. So give everybody a little bit of background. So, you know, how long did you play in the majors and you were on a, a bunch of different teams So kind of run through that with us real quick. And, and if you consider yourself an actual member of any of these teams, like if you were in the hall of fame tomorrow, whose cap would you wear? Oh boy, that, whose cap would I wear? I tell you what, I tell everybody, you know, uh, my heart is in Detroit, but my soul is in Oakland. And, uh, I love the Oakland A's. Uh, we were a bunch of guys. Um, whenever, um, you know, we kind of came up together basically, even though I was in the Aiking organization, but we were a bunch of young guys trying to prove ourselves in Oakland. And I, I have still a lot of great friends from the Oakland days. And I have a lot of great friends in Detroit and being in Oakland from 79 to 85, like I said, we're young guys and we were so tight and being young, we played hard together. And then as I got older, being with the the Detroit Tigers, I got a lot of good friends there. And I, you know, being more mature player, that was a great place for me to play. Well, I believe you caught your uh, no hitter there in Oakland, correct? I actually caught my no hitter in Oakland with Mike Warren. Yes. Okay. All right. So we, we, we hey, we've had, we've had pitchers on here. One is throwing a perfect game. Yeah. So let, let's flip the spectrum here as a catcher. What is it like to have a no hitter when you're the guy behind the plate? What, what's going through your mind? Well, you know, early in the ball game, of course, nothing goes on at that point. But when you get down to like the last three innings, it's like, damn, this guy's got a no no going, you know? So, you know, you, you kind of watch the course of the game, how his pitchers are working and, and what to do. And maybe his best pitch is not his best pitch that day. So you have right. to revert to his second best pitch would be his best pitch. So it's very exciting. And when you get down to two outs, man, it, it's just like your butt is really a little tight, but you have to try <laughs> to show, you know, you got to show that you're in control. And, and so he won't get tight. So at what point in the game, because like, I know they do this to the pitchers, but do they, do they do it to catchers too? Because I think when you get in the sixth inning and it starts becoming a reality here, possibly they don't speak to the pitcher because they don't want to jinx it. It's one of those unwritten rules. So do they talk to the catcher and say, screw it or yeah. pitcher only? The catcher's just as involved, right? So do you have any voodoo? Yeah. You know, I didn't have no clue about that stuff. And, and guys, you know, we, we know it, we know what's going on and we just kind of look at each other. And everybody at that point, once you get start getting in the seventh and eighth inning, everybody's going to lay out for a play if they have to, you know, like yeah. especially if it's, you know, if it's the eighth inning, somebody's going to make a dive to try to make a great catch. And guys play a little bit harder at the end uh, in late innings of that ball game. But no, nah, man, it's just like you just, you know what's going on. You just got to stay, you got to stay focused and show him 
the pitcher that you're confident, cool, it's all good, man, no, nothing's going on, but you got a no hitter, but everything's good. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm dying to ask this because I feel like every time I've ever seen a no hitter, there's always a play like you mentioned in the seventh, eighth, maybe ninth inning where somebody just pulls a, a defensive play out of their ass and makes this fantastic catch or a save or something like that. Did that happen in this in this occurrence? Did that did that exist? You know, I I can't remember that, but what I do remember about that game is Mike Warren made basic one bad pitch that game, in my opinion. He, his stuff was on the whole game, and and Carlton Fisk popped it up for the last out of the game. It was a little bit of a hanging slider, but he took a, a curveball, but he took a enough off that pitch to get Fisk out in front of it. So uh, I felt that, uh, you know, Mike was right on the whole game. You got to give him a lot of credit for, for that no-hitter. If, if you're going to finish it, finish it on Fisk. That's the way to go out, right? <laughs> yeah, he just got him out front, man. He, he flew out the Ricky and left him. Nice. You know, you, you just – I don't remember one certain play of that game, but I just remember, you know, Mike Mike doing the job the whole game. Out of the 14 seasons that you played, uh, approximately how many of those did you spend behind the plate? How many games on average? We might we well, said of course, I never looked at my stats. I got 1,068 behind the plate. <laughs> Just damn, kidding. Everybody kind of knows their stats inside out, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, so I, the one I, thing I've learned about baseball players is you guys don't forget anything. I got 1,068 a behind the plate and like 250 or 70 in the outfield and 50 in the infield. As goes for behind the plate, there's a couple things that I know we're dying to know about, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so like, we, we're always excited to talk to people, but when we find people that apparently have no fear whatsoever, we're really excited to talk about them. So, Mr. Brown, what, what's there's a couple incidents involved here with uh, Mr. Heath. Yeah, there is, and, and I know he loves talking about it, too, because <laughs> we're, we're in a few uh, baseball groups that I've seen his name pop, uh, pop up, and he's all about talking about it, and I, I think it's awesome. I'm going to ask you this question. I'm going to let you answer them all together. One, why do you pick on Hall of Famers, you know, behind the plate and want to throw down? And, and secondly, you know, it's it's Dave Winfield and Jim Rice, man. So, like, what – I guess walk us through each incident with Dave and then Jim and what was even going on because we don't even know the backs. He's back crazy. Either. Like, are you just, like, picking on these guys or <laughs> did you take it up for somebody or what the hell happened? Well, I, I – Everybody probably say I got a little man syndrome because <laughs> those guys are huge. Yeah. But uh, on the Dave Winfield incident, uh, uh, Mike Norris was pitching the game. And, you know, Winnie, he had such long arms, man. He can get that ball way outside. So we wanted to we, – we were going to pitch him really down away and get it down there and make him chase it. But Mike Norris let this ball go and it got away from him and got way up and way up and in on Winfield. Winfield goes to his knees and he starts walking out to the mound and pointing at Mike Norris and telling him he was going to come out there and kick his ass. And, and Mike Norris kind of looked at him and gave him, gave him something and it kind of made Winfield mad. And I said, Winnie, that just got away from him. He goes, but I'm going to start with your ass right now. (laughs) So the good thing about the pictures that you see, Winnie had me by the, by the jaw. His hand stretched out and his right hand ready to go. And I'm like, uh-oh. Luckily, no no, uh, no punch was thrown, but I still got my ass beat. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody can beat your ass without a punch, it's Dave Winfield. Yeah, nobody's going to hate on anything that happens if Dave Winfield's on the other end. Like, I, 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 we could all three of us jump on him. Ain't going to matter. He's a man. I tell you what, I see him. It's been years since I seen him. Every time I go up to him, hey, Winnie, what's up? He goes, what's up, Heath? <laughs> wow. Wow. He just always does that to me. That's because it's like I said, baseball but, players uh, never forget. Was, yeah. So, you know, I stopped him from going pitcher, you know. I, I can't let nobody get out there. That's your job. So the yeah, absolutely. With Jim Rice. So the next one with Jim Rice, uh, Bo McLaughlin is pitching and blow had a, a little spitball going, you know, nice. and, uh, you know, well, Bob Stanley, he probably threw one too, but we weren't complaining, but Jim Rice started complaining about Bob Stanley throwing a spitball. 
So that's the picture that, uh, Greg, I guess you saw was Bob, uh, um, Jim was arguing, and I told him, I went up to him, I said, hey, we're not complaining about Stanley throwing the spitball. Quit complaining about our guy. Nobody's complaining. And he started getting in my face, and I just told him, well, if you got that much of a problem with it, just hit the dry side then. <laughs> that's great. So he didn't like that, huh? So that's all that's all that happened there. Back to the Winfield thing. Everyone wants to talk about like first of all, you have the Nolan Ryan versus Robin Ventura thing. Everyone everyone makes that a big deal. And everyone wants to forget about the Winfield Nolan Ryan thing that happened earlier. And you're going against Winfield and freaking even Nolan Ryan wanted a part of the guy after what he did to Ventura several years later. So I mean to me you did what you had to do. You stood your ground as a catcher. You're, you're protecting your pitcher. And sorry, you just happened to be the guy in his way, but you had to do what you had to do. Correct. Uh, you know, nobody's going to get to the mound. And that's one thing I made sure. Uh, I don't know what it is, but it, it's it's a creed by the catcher that he can't let nobody go to his mound, even though Steve McCaddy one day told me, well, Oakland A pitcher Steve McCaddy, said, I'm going to bust this guy in. If he wants to come to the mound, you let him. So, <laughs> you know, the guy never went to the mound, and but they had words back and forth. Nice. So I, I guess the benefit of being the catcher is you don't have Dave Winfield cra- uh, charging you. You know, yeah. he's just already standing there. So that helps take well, a little bit of the edge off. Originally, you're the peacemaker, but then you start trying to hold him back from the pitcher. Then y'all probably start talking shit, and then you don't know where it's going to go. I mean, he, he doesn't sound like he's trying to defuse the situation right. necessarily. He's trying to stand up for his guys. I respect that. Oh, so that, that's a big-time props there. Absolutely. Yeah, life. you can't let nobody get out and go get him, even though if it is on purpose, you still can't let him go because everybody's got a little vendetta. If you hit somebody, everybody's got a little vendetta against the guy. <laughs> so let me ask you this. Are, are you following much baseball nowadays? Have you been keeping tabs in Major League Baseball as far as everything that's been going on? I have not. Uh for some reason, when I go to games or I watch them, I overanalyze games too much. I sit and watch every move they make and try to make, try to think when they're going to steal and stuff like that. So I, I don't, I have other interests now and uh, I, I really don't watch it anymore. I'm sorry. You know what, though? That's spoken like a true catcher. Overanalyzing, that's why they all become managers. I, I think you just missed your calling. All right. So one of the things that we like to ask everybody that comes on the show, is as a batter, is there anybody that, as far as pitchers go, that you absolutely owned? And is there anybody that absolutely owned you? There's a lot of pitchers that own me. Of course, Nolan <laughs> Ryan, I was uh, 0 for 11 with nine strikeouts. <laughs> All right. Well, that, that's at least um, consistent. But, but there were a lot of pitchers that owned me. But there's there's a couple guys like Cam Boyd, I hit him really good. All right. Nice name uh, drop. Yep. And uh, I, the short period of time, I'm hating to say this, but the short period of time I was in, uh, in St. Louis, uh, Tom Browning, I hit halfway decent also. (laughs) We'll make sure we tell Tom. Yeah. Tell him I said hello. (laughs) I see a group call in our future. Yeah, man. Uh, (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, one of the right-handers, like I said, Oil Cam Boyd, I hit him at a pretty good clip. It was, I think it was around 400 off of him. That's, that's, that's pretty good. I had so many of Oil Cam Boyd's baseball cards, and I remember I just kept them because his name was so cool. <laughs> <laughs> he was fiery on the mound, though, boy. He, he gave it all he got. He and I are friends on Facebook now. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. So what do you what have you been up to now? Now that you know we're, we're a former baseball player, we're retired. I hear something about bikes out there. Is that is that what's going on? Are you you riding across country? Just uh, like easy hogs. rider here or wild hogs? I guess <laughs> I, I'm just one stage past the wild hog. <laughs> <laughs> no cell phones, man. <laughs> I. Uh, Ever since I retired, I had bikes whenever I played. Nobody really knew about it. But when I retired, I really got into it. And uh, it's just a huge passion of mine. I, I've actually put a wheel in every state, been to Sturgis several you know, times at all. And 
but uh, I love the ride. I got a little group I ride with. It's it's just a huge passion for me. Yes. Right, what what kind of bike do you have? Oh man, I had in the beginning. I had a couple of Valkyrie Honda Valkyries. Uh, I had an LTD 1000 and I had a Ninja 1000 R, a Jinkster 1005. Uh, I had a 01 Deuce, 02 Fat Boy, which are Harleys, uh, 09 Ultra, and now I have a 17 Limited. Man, he ain't lying. He loves his bikes, doesn't oh, he? Yeah, he's got a variety in there. He's doing his thing. Yeah, I, 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 I love a guy. I love a guy that's got a passion for something past his profession because for me, it's fishing. And to, to take my mind off of things, but somebody ha- you have to find something that takes your mind off of don't the, go crazy the world and it makes you it just it's your peaceful place that brings everything it makes everything okay I guess is what I'm trying to say and that's cool yeah that's where the motorcycle thing for me is it's a stress reliever you know I pack it up and I can be gone for two weeks I me and a buddy were gone for over a month we went from here to Seattle Washington and back. It's just a stress reliever, you know, and uh, I got a little group that we just got back from a trip in the mountains up in Gatlinburg and all that. There was like four people. We ran up there and rode the dragon, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So it's a lot of fun. All right. What's the longest trip you've ever taken? Actually, uh, Tampa, Florida to Seattle, Washington. Holy crap, man. That's like the Tour de France, even if you're on a motorcycle. Man, we, we, four times, we call it four settings. We did 1500 miles in one setting, four times. So we left here at uh, 6 a.m. Saturday morning with Amarillo, Texas, and we didn't sleep until we left at 6 a.m. Saturday morning, didn't sleep till Sunday afternoon at 6 p.m. You're a warrior. That's all I can say. <laughs> I'd say yeah, the so step ahead of wild hogs. By far, way ahead of Wild Hogs. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, why are we talking about the Wild Hogs? <laughs> that's the only thing I can relate to motorcycles. I don't know nothing about them, so that's all I got. So we, we did 10,000 miles in 24 days. Yeah, that's a lot. That's Man, crazy. did you walk straight for a while or did it, did it or not walk straight for a while? How long did it take you to get upright again? Yeah, you know, the guys that ride, you know, if you got a, a, a limited or, or ultra classic or whatever, it's like driving a couch down the road. <laughs> I guess that helps. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> hey, before we wrap up, we always like asking uh, everybody these questions. So, number one, if you had to give us your career highlight, not necessarily something that everybody's looking at, but what you're looking at, what is the most fond memory you have of why you played? Well, I can I can always say my first day walking into Yankee Stadium uh, as a rookie. I can always say catching Mike Warren's no hitter. I can always you know say you know having five or six hits in a game and so many RBIs or two home runs a game. But my most precious memory that I probably have is when my daughter was born in '87 in Detroit. And that would be uh, that. That's my precious memory. I had to miss a game. Tommy John was pitching, and I missed the game. But that's my precious memory of the game. I mean, everything else, everything else, baseball wise, is awesome. But that's that. That would be my memory. I can respect that, man. I appreciate you putting at the top of the list. You you still gave us a little subtle hint of the other things that you're pretty proud of. So we recognize all those things, but that's, that's always awesome stuff that, uh, I can't imagine what it'd be like to be a professional athlete whenever your child's being born. I was one of the fortunate guys. There are guys that are out of town when their children are born, but I, we were in town in Detroit whenever she was born. There you go. Timing's everything. Mike, we appreciate you coming on the show. We've had a run of, of baseball guys here lately, and we love talking baseball. This this year has been really frustrating because of COVID-19 and the situation it's been in trying to watch baseball. So we've really kind of found like our muse, so to speak, talking to guys just like you and hearing the stories and, and the career that you had and, and the fact that you played in all these different positions and tried to 
kick a couple Hall of Famers' ass for some reason. I don't know why you were trying to do that. But anyway, it's been great having you on the show, man. You got anything exciting that you're going to be doing the rest of your summer? Are you ready for fall? I know you're going to be on the bike more. Like, what's going on for you the rest of the year? Well, being here in Florida, it's awful hot and humid and rainy right now. So next weekend, packing up, going up to the mountains in Georgia on the bikes and hanging out there for a little bit. And uh, But as far as everything else, looking for another bike trip probably after the first year in May or something. But that's basically all my time is what I do. And I do train kids on, on the side, uh, catching and hitting and stuff like that. So but, yeah, looking forward to some cooler weather. It's been hot and humid. Well, you're, you're definitely going to have to get on the bike to find that. You're not getting that in Florida. So real quick before we let you go, though, tell us about uh, what you're doing with the kids. So how does that work for you? How do you find these kids? Do you have something you're running down there? What exactly are you doing to help these youngsters out? There is a place in uh, Lithia where I live in, in the area here in Tampa, and uh, Jim Osting, he was the next pitcher in the big leagues uh, with Milwaukee and a little bit with the Braves. He opened up what he he calls an academy, but it's a little bit of a training facility. And there's four of us in there that train kids. They come to us and we train them in hitting, fielding, catching, pitching and all that. Um, And we also have travel ball teams. I'm not involved. I was earlier, like three years ago, four years ago, involved with the travel ball teams. But it takes a lot of weekends and a lot of time to do that. And I elected not to do it now at this point but I still train a lot of the kids and with the catching aspect and some of the hitting aspects so we have a it's osingersbaseball.com we are one of the best travel uh travel baseball clubs in the United States and uh, especially out of the state of Florida and we got we got a lot of kids that uh are pretty good college prospects and Jimmy Hosting, he does a lot to help these kids to get into college, and that's what I give him a lot of credit for. He, we train them, he gets them on their teams, and he battles for them to get college scholarships and all, and Jimmy does a great job with that. Mr. Brown's got his uh, kids in travel ball, so he knows all about how that stuff works. So uh, it, you're absolutely right. The weekends get cannibalized very, very quickly, don't they? Yes, they do. Uh I mean, it's, it's every weekend you're gone during the summer and some of the fall. And it's just, it's just a little too much, man, uh, for me at this point in my life. I do have one thing. I want to ask your opinion on this and I, I probably shouldn't, but I'm going to do it anyway. I feel like when I was growing up and I figure with your all's generation, when you are playing, I know I heard John Smoltz say this. So like back then, athletes were athletes. You played whatever sport was in season. It wasn't like I'm going to play baseball 10 months out of the year and be travel ball because like I'm not trying to toot my own horn but I was all state in West Virginia you know, in baseball but I only played when it was in season and then I like to do the other stuff when it wasn't in season but now with my 13 year old daughter who's in softball it's almost like if you don't play year round you get left behind and I feel like it's an unfortunate thing because certain kids might be 11 12 years old before they hit their stride and at that point they're already too far past the curve to have a shot so I don't really like it a lot, but that's where we're at today because everyone's, you know, parents think their kids are the next big thing. You know, that's just my opinion. I totally agree with you on that one. Like I was a dual sport guy, baseball, football, and we took time off. We had no travel ball. We All we had was Legion. Well, we had, you know, when I was younger, Colt League, Pony League, Senior League and all that, but there was no travel ball. Great athletes are not going to get left behind. No, that's that's true, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. I don't feel like they're going to get left behind. And what I think they have to give their, their body a break. And I think that you see is why you're seeing so many arm injuries and injuries because these guys are playing year round baseball and they're not giving their body a break going to another sport and learning different coordination with your body. But can you imagine being a pitcher only all the time and throwing, throwing, throwing? They're not giving their arm a break. Yeah. I mean, that's where I was going with it. I mean, like the fact that you can play other sports, if you, even if you're a pitcher, it allows you to utilize different muscles in those sports. And you're not constantly putting that strain on your elbow and your shoulder. And I think that's why we have more injuries. And we used to have, you know, pitchers throwing 250, 300 innings like, like nobody's business. And now if you go six innings in a game and only allow three earned runs, it's called a quality start. That's an all-star. I think that's a bunch of bullshit, but. I'm not going to get started. 
You're, I'm getting fired up, so I'm going to shut her down, okay? <laughs> He's mad, damn it. <laughs> I don't blame him. I don't like this. I don't like all this number stuff and all that. And you, like you said, you go pitch five innings and you shut them down, you quality start. Well, <laughs> what about a win and loss? What about leaving a the guy in there that's dominating and, and letting him finish the game or go a little further? No, they bring in the bullpen. And next thing you know, you're losing. What the heck? Yeah. Oh, I know. I know all too well how that feels right now. Wrap this up, Chad, or I'll just keep. Like, uh, uh, we hit, we hit, we struck a nerve with Mr. <laughs> Brown, and, and all you're doing is yeah. fanning the flames, Mike. <laughs> He's right, though. <laughs> all right. On that point, we're going to wrap up. Mike, we hope to have you back on the show sometime. I'm sure there's some more stories we can get into, and we love talking about old school baseball. Hopefully, we can get you back on sometime soon. Sound like a plan? Sounds like a plan. You guys got my uh, number and everything. I'd love to come back on and chit-chat. We have better connection. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, you know what, though? You soldiered through it. So for that, you're going on the Wall of Fame right now because you're a trooper, Mike. We appreciate you. Well, thank you, guys. Really appreciate it. And uh, we'll be talking to you soon. Thank you very much. You hear that music? You know what that means. Football is back. It's time for the NFL lead pipe stone cold locks of week one. And Biggie, you and me, we might have a little wager. Yeah, we're going to figure a little something out off air, throw it on the page. We'll let the fans decide what the loser has to do. Not money involved. This is pure shame. You, you will be shamed. I will say that. Dude, if you beat me, it'll be the first time it's happened. I'm 39 years old, so bring it on. <laughs> Do you know who he just sounded like just now? Who's that? Arlo Guthrie from Alice's Restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> but he's getting all fired up. You're Arlo Guthrie. <laughs> uh, it spot, sorry. Uh, We're talking about restaurants, biscuits yeah. and gravy. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly right. So, So for those that don't know, last year – we picked every single NFL game against the spread. And we beat most experts' prognostications out there. We did a really good job. We're back with a vengeance to do an even better job. And we're going to do the exact same thing. So for those that aren't aware, when do we pick these games? On Thursday night when we don't have the chance to repick Sunday morning if something has changed. No, it's on the air. It's live for everyone to hear. We can't go back and change if there's an injury report that happens on Saturday or Sunday morning. We're stuck with it. So not only do we beat the experts, we beat the experts with conviction, damn it. We're that good where we put our bets, our picks, our choices out there on Thursday night. I mean, we're essentially handicapping ourselves against Bleacher Report, and we're still beating their asses. So I mean, there you go. Not even close. Now, we have had some guests here lately who think they're better than we are. We'll see. We're going to have plenty of guest pickers throughout the year, but this week, it's just us, guys. Did you see what Bleacher Report did in response to us whooping their ass last year? Did they, they fire were, them all? No, they had three guys picking games last year. Sablinski, Davenport, and uh, – Some other jabroni. They got six guys picking against the spread this year. It was too bad last year. For the record, their jabroni is our equivalent to you. I think you and me tied, so you better be no, careful. I was sucking. If you smell. I'd have to go look at the tape. <laughs> All right, so let's start it off. Football's back. We have the Kansas City Chiefs at home right now playing to our left. It's still scoreless, but they're against the Houston Texans. The spread is nine and a half in favor of the Chiefs. I know I took the Chiefs. Mr. Brown? I mean, I obviously took the Chiefs because their uh, fans up on the big screens being shown in their living room uh, inspired me. Uh, Minus the Tomahawk chop, of course. I'm still going to go Chiefs. I'm sure Biggie did something different. Well, I really, really, really wanted to take the Houston Texans. David Johnson. Oh, David Johnson just scored a touchdown. You already took the spread with the Chiefs winning. You took the Chiefs. Even though the Chiefs are now losing, you're still riding with the Chiefs to cover. I I pinned in the Chiefs before the start of the game. See, we had to agree on this before kickoff, so we're all, you know, admonished here for uh, our, our terrible timing. But... That being said, we're all going with the Chiefs. We're all on the same page. Let's go to game two. We got the Bears on the road in Detroit. Detroit supposed to cover by three. Biggie, who you got? I have the Lions at home covering. 
Even though Trubisky's starting, I'm taking the Bears because my, my number one receiver, Robinson, needs him to. <laughs> well, I'm letting your uh, feelings get in the way of your pick there. I'm also taking the Matt Stafford-led Lions to cover. So we have our first Lone Wolf of the Year. Mr. Brown? We're going to call it the Lone Bear. Well, give us something. Rawr. I just pissed my pants. Yeah, exactly. I would too. <laughs> All right, Cleveland on the road at the Baltimore Ravens. The former reigning MVP, Lamar Jackson. They're seven-and-a-half-point favorites. Mr. Brown, you want to start this one off? You said seven-and-a-half against Cleveland? Seven-and-a-half. And And the Ravens. At Baltimore. Oh, I'm taking the Ravens. I'm with you. I'm taking the Ravens also. I'm taking Cleveland to cover. Wow. Not win. Wow. Clover. Clover. Cover. Clover. Clover. So, obviously, a brown, I don't know what sound that makes. You have a lone wolf, Biggie. Oh! I thought it was going to give us an Odell Beckham fart sound or something. Yeah, exactly. Well, that came natural. I had to figure out the wolf sound. I, I think he sharded when he did the wolf sound. <laughs> Easy. Odell's going to burst in through the door like the Kool-Aid man. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Let's try to keep it on track here. We got Green Bay on the road at the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings are two-and-a-half-point favorites. Biggie, you started off. As much as I want to roll with Green Bay here with no fans in Minnesota, i got to go with my NFC North Division champion pick, Minnesota, at home to cover by a field goal. I like the two-and-a-half here. I think Rodgers bounced back this year, along with my boy Aaron Jones. I'm taking the pack. Man, I'm 100% with you. The Packers are going to bounce back this year, but I also picked the Vikings to win the division, and they're going to get off on the, on the right foot. They're going to start correctly with a win. They will cover by at least three, so I'm also taking the Vikings. So, Mr. Brown, you're back up, buddy. Oh! All right, we're on fire so far. Indianapolis, I'm telling you, this game right here is going to put butts in the seats. Phillip Rivers and the Colts are a seven-and-a-half-point favorite against the Jaguars. In light of the recent fire sale from the Jaguars, I'm riding the Colts. I just have one question. I already know who I'm picking. How many kids does Rivers have now? Is it 11? He's got more more kids than the Jaguars have cut this offseason. Ooh, okay. I'm or traded. I'm taking the Colts to cover. I keep going. I hate, I hate to keep going fantasy, uh, but I got the. Uh, <laughs> We know where your head's at, brother. I got the Colts defense against the Jags this week, and they're spotted 10.5 points fantasy. So I'm going to go with the Colts to cover as well. All right, so clean sweep there, and, and you need to quit using fantasy as an ideology here. Hey, listen, I haven't looked at none of this, so I'm, that's what I'm using, okay? It's Just, week one. We're out of I hope you still keep up with me. I, you know what? You'll be looking looking behind you, and there won't be anybody there because last place is lonely. There's going to be another uh, opposite week for you in your future. Costanza! <laughs> <laughs> it's happened before. It'll happen again. So now, Mr. Brown, let's get even more personal. You got the – not the Oakland, not the Los Angeles, but the Las Vegas Raiders. They are a three-point favorite on the road in Carolina. Do you hear that autumn wind? It's the blowing. Matt Rule hears it, right? Does he hear it? <laughs> he, he does. He smells it. It's Raiders all day, baby. Just win, baby. I, I got to completely ride that one, too. There's no way the Panthers even make this a contest. The Raiders will easily cover that spread. There is one thing I don't like about this game, although I do agree with you, and I am taking Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, it's an early start on the East Coast, so Chucky better have them boys ready. So you're taking the Panthers? No, uh, I'm taking the Raiders. It's a field goal. That's too end bad. Up a push. Let's go Derek Carr. <laughs> right, now we just went from Mr. Brown's team to Canadian Biggie's team, the Patriots at home. The fighting big news, baby. We're covering the captain. The captain. Division champs, babe. Well, are they going to cover the six-and-a-half-point spread? You bet your sweet ass they are. Not a chance in hell. Miami covers. I think Peter King with Sports Illustrated picked the Dolphins to win the AFC East this year. Dude, they've had 38 first-round picks in the past oh, two years. absolutely. So, what's the spread again? Sorry. Six-and-a-half. Mm. I'm going Patriots. Ah, <laughs> uh, I get my turn. I got the center of attention now. 
<laughs> that was my lone wolf dolphin. <laughs> Snowflake, bitches. That's right. Laces out. Fico is Einhorn. Mm, you can't say that anymore. Um, Even DraftKings, or I'm sorry, Fantasy Jocks took Ray Finkel off of our stickers this year. That's depressing. Yes. You know, what's wrong with just good old-fashioned, clean family fun? You can have Ray Finkel. You can't have Ray Finkel, but you can keep Uncle Rico. I guess it's less controversial. Uh, <laughs> Uncle Rico is a badass. I swear to God he was. <laughs> Donnie Baker just made an appearance, everybody. Oh, yeah. All right, the New York J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets on the road where no one circles the wagons quite like the Buffalo Bills. The Bills are a six-and-a-half-point favorite. I'll go ahead and go first again on this one. I'm taking Bills and Bills' dad and Josh Allen and everybody else you can throw in there. The Bills are covering, no question. Dick DeGroat, where you at, buddy? I can't wait to see your video this week. I'm all in on the Bills. I so badly want to go lone wolf just so I can hear myself go, but I can't do it. Bills Mafia, Bills Dad, Mr. Brown, I'm looking forward to that video. He's been putting some stuff out there when he first started. I am He's reminding us. Yeah, He's I'm, reminding us. I'm looking us. forward to it. Friend of the show, Dick DeGroat. We love Bills Dad. We got a clean sweep on the Bills. All right, the Philadelphia Eagles on the road against... The team formerly known – I can't say that either. I guess the Washington – No, I can't. Yeah. I'll get fined by the FCC. The Washington yeah. Football Club. They're a soccer team. The Arsenal or the D.C. United. I don't know what Sniders? they're called. The Fighting Snyders, who are five-and-a-half-point dogs at home against the Eagles. Biggie, you start this one. You know what I love about this? It's week one. Do you know what week one in the NFL season typically means? Uh, that's a rhetorical question I'm not prepared to answer. Bismarck native Carson Wentz is healthy. Give me the Eagles to cover. He got hurt in his freaking parade. (laughs) We saw the float on its side. (laughs) I'm telling you right now, I'm not picking the Redskins not one time this year because it's bullshit. The artist formerly known as the Redskins, I'm going with the Eagles. And anytime the Redskins are picking, I'm going against the other team. You can't no matter, say that. No matter what the spread is. I said what I said, damn it. I'm going Eagles. Tackle <laughs> him. Quit watching the game. Focus on the picks. Uh, Dwayne Haskins. Uh, Adrian Peterson's on the Lions now. Uh, what happened to Darius Geis? Darius Geis. I don't know, but he got drafted in our fantasy league for some reason. That was a highlight. Where did he get? He got drafted high too, but it doesn't matter because the Eagles are going to win this one. Because, like Biggie said, Carson Wentz is actually upright and standing, so that that's going to lead to a, a Eagles cover. Clean sweep for that. All right, let, let's go back to your whole logic on the West Coast, making the trip to the East Coast. The Seattle Seahawks, many people's Super Bowl darlings, one and a half point favorites on the road. In Georgia against the ATL, the Atlanta Falcons. See, this is a pick I typically lean against as the season gets going. Those West Coast teams, especially the Raiders over the years coming east, week one doesn't work. This year, I'm picking the team I think feels better. I think that uh, Seattle wins, covers, and I think it's like a 10, 12, 14-point victory. I'm with you. I'm picking the NFL top 100 number two quarterback, Russell Wilson, to go in and and stomp the ATL, and it's gonna they're gonna wish it was only 28 to three. They're gonna make a statement. Matty Ice, sorry, Julio, not happening. It's gonna be Seattle on a landslide, and as Biggie kind of premonitioned earlier, I don't know if that's a word, but I'm just gonna use it now. The Seahawks are winning this one big, and it's not even going to be close. Ain't that what I just said? Why do you got to give Biggie all the credit? Well, because he started it, and yeah. you just kind of copied him. No, no, give credit where it's due, plus he created a new word. Not true. I, I guess I'll go first on this next one because it's my Bengals at home against the Chargers. The Chargers are a three-point favorite. So I don't know if you guys are going to rip me apart for this one or not. I'm actually taking my Bungles. I think they'll co- I think the Chargers are going to be terrible. I think the Chargers might be the worst team in the NFL this year outside of the Jaguars. So I think what's going to happen is the hype machine will get behind Joe Burrow. Everybody's going to think that Cincinnati is going to be great, and then this will probably be their only win for two months. Here's what I think. I agree with you on week one, and as the season goes, we'll see how it plays out. But the Chargers are a little overrated. Tyro Taylor, quarterback, 
I think is serviceable. Game manager. They all, yeah, they already lost Derwin James. And as the season starts, we'll see how it plays out. You got a healthy Burrow who came out the season he had at LSU. AJ, Boyd, Mixon. I like this as a home win and a late window. This is a late start on the East Coast for the Bengals. Cincinnati is used to not playing in front of fans. Cincinnati's also not used to having good quarterbacks, but it's going to change this year. And Burrow's going to start out, he's going to be 1-0. It might be like their only win of the year, but they're going to start out 1-0. <laughs> I, I said I'm at taking least for a, a I'm couple taking, I'm taking the Bengals. Wow, do we all just pick the Bengals to upset the Chargers? Joe hey, Madden hates us now. My AFC West bias also it was because you hate him. Yeah, it was here or there. We hate him. I have Mike Williams on my fantasy team for some reason. I don't know who the hell's going to throw him the ball. Hey, Keenan Allen just got a big contract. Good for him. He's going to need it because he's going to have some medical bills as he keeps getting hurt. But all right, staying out west, not the Chargers, but now. We're at the Kyler Murray-led Arizona Cardinals on the road for San Francisco. Seven-point favorite for the 49ers. Give me Arizona and those seven points all day long. 2020 NFL MVP Kyler Murray. Wow. Oh, wow. Rolling in. Wow. go with Fitzpatrick and Hopkins and Drake. I got Arizona. Like. We all know how I am on the Kyler Murray bandwagon, right? You love Kyler Murray. And, like, what you just said was blasphemy. I mean, that, that's insane. It's out of control. Like, let's keep it realistic here. He thinks he's going to be the next Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I know. So, he has to because I say He's going to be the first Kyler but, Murray. Does but, he have Kyler Murray on his does, fantasy? That's, that explains it all. So, while you at least own up to your fantasy deal, Biggie just plays it off like he just believes in Kyler Murray even more. You said seven point. Seven-point road dog, Cardinals. That's a that's a tough one. I, I got to go Niners. I'm with you. I'm going Niners. So, Biggie, guess what you are, brother? Oh. The Lone Wolf. Now we're getting interesting. Now, as Jim Ross used to say on Monday Night Raw, business is about to pick up because we got Tampa Bay at – Nolens, say it, Biggie. Say that. Say that town. Touchdown. No one. Wait a minute. The Chiefs just scored. That's distracting everybody. So you got you got Mahomes on your fantasy team. Absolutely, and the Mister Harp attacks got Kelsey. Ooh. So we got fantasy points abound so far. But right. back to the matter at hand. We did our NFL predictions. I did not pick. Tampa Bay to make the postseason. Both of you guys did. Absolutely. So I'll lead this one off and tell you, New Orleans is covering. New Orleans starts slow at home every year. They start every year slow. And the thing about being at home in the Superdome, there's no fans. It's not really that home field advantage. Jameis Winston has the playbook. He knows what they're doing. Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay. So are you going to pick them to cover or actually win outright? For our purposes, I'm taking Tampa Bay because they're going to cover. But my betting purposes, I have them winning outright. Okay, I was just curious. All right, so I don't feel like Breeze can commit to anything if he needed to. So uh, <laughs> oh, I, yo, I'm going to go straight with Tampa Bay. And I, I hate Tom Brady, but I'm going Tampa Bay because at least Brady says what he means. It means what he says. Breeze, he just, just retire already. Wow. Yeah. Your words are like knives. There you go. I don't think he's going to listen to you. Yeah, he should. <laughs> what? You're the only one that's on the Saints here? Am I the only one? Yeah. I, when the Saints go marching in. Oh! <laughs> 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 I was trying to think of an animal noise like the Dolphins. Oh. I couldn't think oh, of anything well, else. That was kind of uh, jazzy. <laughs> You like it? Yeah, it was nice. You like that? Yeah, it was nice. <laughs> All right. So, this one I need some uh, clarification on. Dallas at the Rams. Is Dallas a two-and-a-half-point favorite? Okay. Because you, you switched it up on me there with your handwriting. So, the Rams are at home. Dallas. I'm taking Dallas to cover. Dallas is going to win this game. I think the Rams are going to fall apart, and everyone's going to wonder why everyone lost their mind over Sean McVay the past couple of years. I couldn't agree with you more. The only thing I wonder as a Bengals fan is, are you now disappointed why you hired a Hyatt coach? Who I already was. Okay. 
All right, fill me in again, Biggs. What's the spread? It is two a, and a two and a half point. Dallas is the favorite on the road. Still mm. go mm. favorite on the road. No fans. Uh, I, I'm going Dallas. This, they're going to win the East this year. I would like to think they will, but I just don't trust them. By default. It's not going to be the Eagles because Wentz is the, the man made of glass. If Wentz <laughs> could Mr. stay glass. healthy, I would have been the Eagles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is where we always came up with nicknames last year. So is Wentz Mr. Glass now? Is that what we're going yeah, for? Absolutely is. Have you seen that movie yet, Biggie? I have, and there's a few other areas we could go here, but like the mental health, the community wouldn't like us. I'm good with Mr. Mr. Glass for uh, Carson Wentz. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not aware of any other issues he has, so we'll leave it at that. We're down to two games. Is that is that is that your handwriting? Is that a P? Pittsburgh. It looks like Pittsburgh. Dit. It does look like it. It does. All right. The Pittsburgh Steelers on the road against the G-G-G-G-G-G-Men. Pittsburgh, five-and-a-half-point road favorite. Mr. Brown, you want to take this one first? Sure. I'm going to go Giants. That's simple. Wow. You got the Giants at home on Monday night, five-and-a-half-point dogs. I'm picking the Giants because when first time they sack Big Ben, gravy's going to pour out. <laughs> That's a your mama joke from the nineties <laughs> for those who are not old enough to remember that. Yeah, he's so fat. He stepped on a rainbow. He makes skittles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he looks a lot slimmer since he shaved his beard. I, I want to break out a bunch of fat jokes from Nutty Professor with the stand-up with Dave Chappelle, <laughs> but we're not gonna go there. Well, why not? It's a great movie. You know they're remaking the Nutty Professor. They should. No, they should. They're gonna remake with Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> Last time I saw Big Ben, he had a nightstick. <laughs> I'm going to say, who's going to be sucking whose titties tonight? <laughs> Giants! Giants! Oh, it's all. I love it. Uh, I love it. Where are you, you falling here, here boys? Mr. Brown? Huh? Say it again. Giants? I, I just said, I was very clear on that. I'm not picking Mr. Titties. <laughs> Ben, if you're listening, we'd love to have you on the show. <laughs> you got any other 90s references you'd like to throw in before Chad picks? No, go ahead. I'm taking the Steelers. I'm going with uh, Mr. Succulent himself. <laughs> He's back. He, he hasn't talked about retiring this year. He's going to be focused. And I, I think the Giants are kind of eh, middle of the road. I think if, if Big Ben's healthy, Pittsburgh's a playoff team. All I have to say is as a fat guy, there becomes a point where you get used to it. Ben's used to being fat, so he doesn't care. He's going to sling it. Plus, I got Juju. No means no. So, for fantasy reasons, he's got to stay upright because Mason Rudolph only has three quarters of a head left. <laughs> wow. Uh, all right. Like so, so uh, Mr. Brown, you're up. There's no giant thing. I guess a giant wolf. Free fire. <laughs> I smell the blood of an Englishman. (laughs) I smell the biscuits and gravy and Big Ben (laughs) in his bloodstream. All my chips are in the middle of the table. Thank God we only have one game left to pick. (laughs) The Tennessee Titans, who we know from last year. How does Biggie feel about the Titans? Loved it. Very much loved it. He, he's all about it. He loves him some Tennessee. I got that. The Fighting Brables. So before we tear apart your pick, why don't you just go ahead and go first, Tennessee? I got the Fighting Mike Brables covering on the road. I didn't even say what the spread was, but it's two and a half against the Denver Broncos I at say, Denver. I gotta say I agree because uh, Von Miller's out for the year, and Sutton's probably not playing this game as well. Although they said today he may not be out for the year. Who, Miller? Yeah. Well, he's definitely not playing this game, brother. <laughs> he's out multiple months. Either way, I would also take the Titans. I just don't like Denver. Even with Melvin Gordon uh, addition, they, they don't know what they're doing. I, and maybe their quarterback will be all right. He, he showed up late in the year and played okay, so we'll see what happens. But Tennessee, they look like world beaters if they can just have a good defense and let Derrick Henry run the ball. Maybe Philip Lindsay will save him. Maybe. He wasn't a first-round draft pick this year like he was unexplicably last year for us. Drew Locke's the man. 12th. 12th pick. 12th round. Selecting now Drew Shrews with the 12th overall pick. Select Philip Lindsay? Wow, that's how our fantasy league goes. Two years ago. Yeah. Two years ago. Year. We'll give him a break this year. 
Well, man, that's that's week one in the books. You you feel confident with your picks? Do you need to make any amendments? Yeah. It doesn't matter if you need to make any amendments because you wrote it down. You got to stick with it, and you're going to eat crow, damn it. Biggie, I'm coming for you, son. Bring it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what else can you say? I like the fact that I'm a lone wolf on a ton, so I'm either going to separate or tank quickly. You you are the lone wolf. I mean, I, I feel like you had at least three or four. I think we all had one, which is good. I had four. So what that says is that we don't buy into each other's hype. We we come up with our own own opinions, our own thoughts and ideas. And, you know, we have people that we've talked to that are uh, allegedly, I'll say allegedly, much better at this than we are. But you know what? We're going to bring them on the show. Maybe next week, maybe in a couple weeks, and we'll see what they got to offer. These experts, so to speak. Because you know what? Damn it, we're experts. We beat the experts last year, and we're going to do it again. Damn it, it's about time we get our respect. Bring them on Thursday night. Let's see what they got when they can't pick five Woo! minutes before the game starts. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. That was our Stone Cold Lead Pipe Locks of the Week. Make sure you tune in next week. We got a big guest next week, don't we? Who's our guest next week? Mr. Nick Anderson. Mr. Nick Anderson. If you watched The Last Dance, you probably know who he is. But if you didn't, maybe you're a 90s kid like us and you played some NBA Jam. Because that's how Mr. Brown got him. Just told him. Man, he's to rock it on NBA Jam with you. But we got him next week. Make sure you tune back in. This has been the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. Have a good weekend. We'll see you next week.